1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese.
0: Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIFIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It's summertime, and the living is easy. It's easy, but it's a, a little hotter, too. Today, we're going to get some rain. I think it's a 70% uh, chance. to get some rain to help our garden grow, uh, together with some high humidity, of course, and temperatures in the low 80s. That sounds like it's time to put aside our outdoor t- t- chores those that are scheduled for later in the afternoon and stay in the air conditioning. The forecast for Sunday is sunny and a high of 84, 85. That might be a perfect time for a picnic and some other outdoor activity. Maybe a, a trip to the park or to the island. Remember that we're in July already. Who knows what will happen. What happened to May and June? But hey, Uh, You've got about, uh, probably about six weeks left before we get to Labor Day. And you know, the the kids, they they start to go back to school uh, sometime late August. So uh, you don't want the summer to completely slip by without you even noticing it. And maybe at the end of the day, uh, we can find a time to think about the goals and uh, what we've done so far and maybe generate a plan uh, to get us where we want to be. This this week was a big week for stocks, and not just the high-tech stocks. Uh, now the stock rally is filling out uh, beyond the high-tech companies. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, more than 140 stocks in the Standard & Poor 500 index have hit fresh. 52-week highs since the end of May, Uh, stuff like Lowe's and General Electric, all 11 sectors of the standard and poor, 500 have climbed during this period, pushing the index up 17% for the year. And uh, just a couple of months ago, the seven largest tech companies in the United States were responsible for virtually all of the stock market. Uh, gain in 2023. High-popping returns for shares of companies like uh, Apple and Microsoft and Mm -hmm. NVIDIA, they propelled the standard of poor into new territories. And in the spring, a frenzy around developments in artificial intelligence pushed the big tech stocks even higher. And the market value of the big ones like Alphabet and Amazon and Apple and, and uh, Microsoft, NVIDIA, uh, Tesla. And now investors are becoming more confident as inflation has been easing down uh, from that annual pace of 9.1% in June a year ago to 3% in the latest uh, consumer price index, inflation number, for this past uh, June. So uh, the consumer basically has been burdened with inflation for two and a half years, and uh, they're starting to see the end of it. Inflation is first noticed in uh, March of 2021, when it rose to 3%. And at that time, the Federal Reserve's indicated that it was transitory and would take care of itself, and that inflation continued to rise to 5% by Labor Day of 2021, and that it rose to 7% by Christmas of 2021. At that time, uh, the Federal Reserve changed its tune and started to develop their plan of attack to slow the economy and reduce the demand by increasing the interest rates. And they started to implement that plan in March of uh, 2022. And, but inflation continued to rise uh, even as they increased the interest rates because they started at such a low interest rate level, like a one quarter of 1%. So. Then inflation continued to rise in 2022 to 9.1% in uh, June of 2022. While all this inflation was going on, the stock market and the bond market were collapsing, and uh, uh, people were fearful of their investments. So uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, the added breadth of the market now is making investors more comfortable. Uh, the Wall Street, Wall Street often views improved breadth as a measure of health in the stock market and a an omen that the rally could last. It has given more investors confidence to flock to stocks despite lingering concerns. There's, there's concerns about there about slowing corporate profits. Uh, the potential for a recession, although the, the recession appears to be more of a boogeyman uh, that uh, uh, we heard about all during 2022, and now they're thinking about maybe a recession in 2024, so I think it's just he's moving to the right, and the, uh, the Federal Reserve's ongoing campaign to tame inflation through interest rate increases. So the Federal Reserve appears to be determined to raise the interest rate uh, maybe two more times before the end of the year. Uh, investors expect a quarter of a percent raise at the next uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That will be uh, July 25th and 26th. That's a little over a week away. And Behind the renewed optimism in stocks is a growing hope for a soft landing uh, to the economy, a scenario in which the Fed gets inflation under control without uh, triggering a recession. So that's one of the things that you're seeing. And the, uh, the Federal Reserve seems to be hell-bent on keeping and keep continuing to increase the interest rates, but more and more economists are cautioning them that uh, hey, you're you're almost there. Just uh, let it uh, let the uh, forces in the economy do their job, and you'll get the uh, rates down uh, past three percent into the two percent range. So, but uh, we'll see how that argument goes. The latest data from consumer prices uh, show that inflation eased in June to its lowest level since early 2021. So hiring now is also slowed in June. Uh, If you take a look at the uh, payroll increases in June, the latest numbers show 209,000 increase for June. And if uh, you look back over, The last couple of years, what you see is that on average in uh, 2022, uh, they averaged about uh, increases of about 300,000 jobs a month. And in the year before, they averaged about uh, 360,000 jobs per month. So really, we're going from 360 to 300 to approximately this year. The increase per month will probably be in the 200,000 range, which shows that the economy is slowing. And uh, even though the labor market is still very strong, with uh, unemployment remaining historically low, the unemployment right now uh, is about 3.6%. A couple months ago, maybe six months ago, I think it was down to. Uh, 50 year record of 3.4%. But the economy is still growing, not as fast as it did before. And uh, it's slowing down. And uh, uh, some market participants say they, they believe the stocks have more room to run as investors with money on the sidelines uh, develop a fear of missing out and uh, uh, continue to try to ch- chase the rally. Uh, this week, uh, global equities were mostly uh, up big time in the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard & Poor 500, and, and the Nasdaq Composite were all positive in a week dominated by basically the optimism that inflation is coming under control, and uh, at the same time, The economy remains steady and uh, strong, and uh, uh, the soft landing uh, uh, scenario looks to be something that can be accomplished. While in the UK, the FTSE 100 was up for the week, and in the European Union, Germany's DAX and the stock uh, Europe 600 were both up for the week. And in Asia, uh, equities were also up. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 was barely up for the week, uh, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite as well as Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up significantly for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the uh, week at uh, Dow Jones, Closed at 34,509.03, and that was up 2.29% for the week. The standard and poor 500 closed at uh, 4,505.42, and that was up 2.42% for the week, and the NASDAQ Composite Closed at uh, uh, 14,113.70, and that was up Uh, 3.32% for the week. So all in all, it was a a good week for uh, stocks in the sense that uh, uh, people are gaining confidence and feeling better about uh, the inflation numbers and more confident about a, a soft landing, uh, unless, the, <laughs> unless, of, unless of course, the, uh, the Federal Reserve gets carried away and increases the uh, interest rates too much. So, uh, you know, it, it, when they increase the interest rate, uh, things, get, things do happen, and uh, they refer to it as uh, things get broken and uh, you're never quite sure where the problems are going to appear, but you know that you're doing things that uh, <clears throat> this um, uh, very complex economy uh, has not done before, and they may not do it easily either. So, uh, But what you're seeing is a lot of confidence that inflation is uh, starting to become under control. We've been at it for two and a half years. We may be at it for another six months, but uh, it's, it's getting to the point where you can see light at the end of the tunnel, and that's not another locomotive. So uh, this is Jim McAlee. Uh, you're listening to uh, uh, Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1 888 281. Eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. And if you know, I just came back from a trip to San Diego, and I picked up a bug uh, along the way. So uh, if I suddenly go into a coughing jag here, uh, (laughs) our wonderful producer Colleen will suddenly uh, shut me off, and, and you'll hear some music and. And then I'll repair. See if I can get myself repaired and get back on the, on the air again. So uh, that may happen. Uh, so uh, give us a call one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is Jim McAleese, your host today. And uh, you know, when we go over these things about uh, what's happening in the uh, the stock market and the bond market and the economy and things of this nature, uh, uh, we also have to uh, meld that with our more important uh, financial plan. In other words, that basically we a financial plan where we identified our goals. Uh, typically the, depending upon your age, uh, retirement will be part of that financial plan, but also, uh, if you're just starting out, it's basically a financial plan consists of, uh, finding an apartment and getting a car. Uh, it progresses then from, uh, you know, getting serious about, uh, life and, uh, uh, marriage and things of this nature and then uh, getting married and uh, starting a family and buying a house and all the things that go along with that in terms of the monetary requirements. In other words, that uh, uh, standard of living is going to consume a lot of your income and you really have to be disciplined and thoughtful about a uh, financial plan that says a certain part of that income or take-home pay has to be allocated to the future, your future goals, your goals like uh, <clears throat> your future goals like uh, uh, raising a family and the standard of living for the family. Uh, this home is a starter. Now you're going to move to another bigger home. Uh, Then you've got cars to replace. Then you've got uh, braces for the children. And then you've got uh, education costs for the children. And then you're going to get to a point where you've got the house paid for and the kids are out of school. And then you're suddenly rich. And, uh, but then you've got a big uh, event ahead of you, and that's retirement where. You're going to embark upon a, a trip that uh, is going to take you from 65 or 70 to uh, 95 or 100. So, and uh, you have to have a uh, nest egg uh, is available together with maybe a, a pension, but they're few and far between nowadays. And your nest egg consists, it typically consists of. Your IRAs and your 401ks and 403bs, and uh, together with uh, Social Security. So, uh, as you go through life, you realize that those goals are going to be there, and uh, you say, okay, when do I need that money? Mm -hmm. And you can kind of uh, put a number a year down and say, I have so many years to. uh, fund this amount that I'm going to need 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, and uh, how am I going to invest my money, and how am I going to uh, try to keep it safe, get get a uh, reasonable um, balance between risk and reward. So, but to me, uh, you know, that's part of the that is the financial plan, and it's a financial plan that uh, gives you a roadmap. Uh, It might change as uh, you move forward and you go get older, but uh, you'll become more familiar with it, and it allows you to uh, not only meet those future goals, uh, put the money away, save the money, which is the most disciplined part of the whole thing, and then uh, uh, save that money and allocate it to investments and uh, generate the the amount that you need in the future to meet those goals like retirement and education and the standard of living for the family. So uh, it's one of those things that uh, once you have the plan, you can make those decisions in regard to uh, do I want a new house? Uh, What's wrong with the old house? Uh, And can I afford it? And what am I going to give up? Uh, that I've uh, put down as a goal already, or maybe I did. Maybe I did put this uh, in right. the second home there as a goal. Uh, so it's all those things where you do sit down and you have something to compare to. That hey, here's the original, original plan. Now we're going to revise it. Uh, uh, when we revise it, or we're going to be better off, or we're going to give up? Something that's important to us, like the kids' uh, braces or the kids' education, or something like that, uh, to get a new boat or a new house or something like that. So uh, it's a matter of working with your financial plan and your financial planner and, and getting things uh, squared away. So, uh, with that in mind, you just uh, the starting point is basically identifying those goals and start uh, thinking about how you're going to meet those goals. So this is Jim McAleese. If you're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is one 888 281 Now stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. As I said at the start of the show, one of the things that I think is propelling the uh, uh, the stocks this week uh, and this uh, basically this uh, spring has been the feeling of confidence about the uh, inflation and what's happening. Inflation, you know, we've been watching prices go up and up and up. And uh, principally, the ones we notice are the gasoline and the food prices. Uh, on Wednesday, the uh, Department of Labor released their CPI report for June. Uh, uh, it had some uh, extremely good news with regard to uh, inflation. So the inflation for the past 12 months uh, was reported to be 3%. For the period ending in, uh, in June, this June, and the headline consumer price index, uh, if you t- if you recall what I said earlier, uh, it started. You know, going over the history of it, it started in three uh, percent in March of 2021, then it got up to five percent Labor Day of 2021, and seven percent in Christmas of 2021 and then uh, the Federal Reserve began to fight the inflation with increases in interest rates uh, but initially they were fairly they started from a very low level so they were pretty ineffective in the spring of 2022 and inflation got up to a high of 9.1 in uh, uh, June of 2022. So, uh, to me, uh, it's, it's come down gradually ever since. And, uh,
1: like in July,
0: it was 8.5%, in August, it was 83 in September, 82 And, uh, finally, uh, at the end of last year, it was 65 And now, in, in May, it was 4.0. And now in June, it's 3.0%. And they also reported that the uh, headline inflation, or when I say headline, I mean the one that includes food and fuel, includes everything. Uh, that rose two-tenths of a percent in June from May. And uh, uh, it, the previous month, it increased one-tenth of a percent in May from April. So uh, the uh, Department of Labor also reported that the core uh, CPI, uh, the index where we've eliminated the effects of uh, food and fuel, uh, that rose two-tenths of a percent in June from May. And uh, over the last... uh, 12 months the core CPI rose 4.8 percent now when I say the headline uh, inflation was 30 uh, percent over the 12-month period ending in June uh, that's only part of it the the, the uh, perhaps the critical part is the core uh, consumer price index. And over the last 12 months, uh, uh, it's down to 4.8 percent. So, and basically, if you take a look at what constitutes the core, uh, shelter is the largest factor in the monthly increase in the uh, core CPI, and uh, the shelter increased uh, four tenths of a percent in June from May, and increased 7.8 percent over the last uh, 12 months, ending in June. And shelter is the biggest component in the uh, Consumer Price Index basket of goods and services that they use to calculate uh, how much individual things have increased, like like food. Food is 13.4% of the basket. Energy is 6.9% of the basket but shelter is 34.7%. So it's shelter, by and large, is the biggest contributor to the cost of living numbers. And uh, basically, the thinking is that now that home prices and rents are are stabilized and going down in some cases, uh, the shelter component should start to fall too. So... Uh, What we're seeing, and just in summary, the Consumer Price Index report for June, uh, the headline CPI increased two tenths of a percent from May to June, and the uh, over the 12-month period ending in June, the headline CPI uh, increased three percent. And then, if I take away food and fuel, uh, then the monthly increase. Of the core CPI was two-tenths, and the annual increase in the uh, CPI, the core CPI, was 4.8%. So looking below the services, um, you know, in the report, what we see is that the service component in the consumer price index is now at its highest level uh, since 1982 and rising faster than the goods portion. So goods are getting... Um, uh, having less and less effect on the CPI, but the services are having more and more effect. If anything, you take a look at the economy right now, and you see that manufacturing and goods are, are slowing down. Uh, there's They are susceptible to manufacturing... Is highly susceptible to increases in interest rates. So manufacturing is slowing. Uh, home construction has been slowing, uh, but has found a new silver lining, in a sense that the uh, the uh, people who had mortgages refinanced their mortgages when the interest uh, mortgage rates were in the three percent category, and now they're. Reluctant to sell their houses. Uh, they don't want to leave their 3% and go into the, the latest mortgage numbers or somewhere in the order of 6.8% or close to 7%. So uh, what you're seeing is that there are not a lot of existing homes for sale. And uh, that's being, that helps the new construction, new residential construction industry. Because uh, people are now turning, if they can't find an existing home, uh, let's buy in a brand new home. So, uh, if you take a look at the uh, what you're seeing in the CPI report, uh, the food index uh, rose one tenth of a percent in June, which is great news. Uh, The food at home was was unchanged over the month following a a Uh, a one-tenth of a percent increase in May, and uh, uh, two of the six major grocery uh, store food groups increased over the month. The index for fruits and vegetables uh, increased uh, eight-tenths of a percent in June, following a 1.3 percent increase in May. The cereals and bakery products rose one-tenth of a percent, so... Uh, meat and poultry and fish and eggs decreased four-tenths of a percent in June, and uh, uh, the food at home uh, index uh, uh, rose uh, uh, four, 4.7% over the last 12 months, and, uh, and the index for cereals and bakery products rose 8.8%, over the 12 months ending in June. So, uh, let's take a uh, let's take a, uh, a break here right now. And uh, if you've got any questions, you can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Go on, go on, leave me breathless
0: Come on Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one 888 And uh, as I said before, one of the big things out of the uh, Consumer Price Index is that our long journey uh, looks like it's going to be over reasonably soon. And by reasonably soon, I don't mean tomorrow, but uh, for two and a half years, we've labored with uh, the uh, inflation numbers. And uh, one time, we Everybody was basically falling behind because their wages were increasing at probably, I'd say, an average of maybe three and a half to four percent per year, where inflation was rolling along at eight or nine percent per year. So you were falling behind. And now it's getting to the point where uh, we're getting raises that are basically commensurate with the. Uh, inflation levels so it makes it more bearable in terms of, uh, of uh, the inflation now one thing that uh, people are asking is that uh, when will prices fall and uh, the bad news is that uh, basically prices won't fall when inflation is conquered in other words the prices have been increasing and uh, uh, each each month there they've been higher and higher, and now they're they're uh, not going up as fast as they did before. But when we finally get to uh, inflation of uh, two or three uh, percent, what you're going to see there is that prices, on average, are increasing at two or three percent per year. So there's not going to be any dramatic fall off in the price of anything uh, it's uh, going to be a matter of we've reached some sort of a plateau and uh, uh, we're going to at least be reasonably comfortable in a sense that hopefully our increase in wages and income will be approximately equal to our increases in uh, the price of Goods and services, so uh, that's there's covered. <laughs> there's comfort there. So uh, one of the things about uh, makes the story even better is that not only is the consumer price index coming down to reasonable levels, but also the producer price or factory gate uh, inflation is also coming down. Uh, And inflation was slowly, slowed its increase in June. You know, I just mentioned that uh, the 12-month for the uh, CPI was 3% and the core CPI was 4.8%. And if we take a look at the producers or the factory gate inflation number, uh, uh, it's also growing at a slower pace in June. So, the headline producer uh, price index for June increased one tenth of a percent in June from May and also increased one tenth of a percent from June a year ago, which is quite phenomenal. Uh, The core producers uh, price index, when we eliminate uh, food and fuel uh, and also the trade services, Uh, That increased one-tenth of a percent in June from May and an increased 2.6% from June uh, a year earlier. So the uh, core uh, producer price index without without food, energy, or trade services, uh, uh, it slowed down from an increase of 2.8%.
1: Uh, year
0: over year in May to 2.6% year over year in June. So that is also, uh, basically moving in the right direction. So, uh, another thing we have is the imports, uh, import prices increase, uh, decrease two tenths of a percent in, uh, June from, uh, May. And they also increased, uh, decreased six point one percent from uh, June a year ago to June of this year. So, uh, import prices were down six point one percent over a yearly basis, and two tenths of a percent down two tenths of a percent uh, over a month basis from May to June. So, we got import prices going down we got factory-gate prices, uh, increases that are reasonably small, uh, one-tenth of a percent per month and uh, 2.6% per year. And we also have uh, the CPI numbers of uh, 3% for the headline uh, CPI and 4.8% for the core. Uh, consumer Price Index. So all three of those numbers indicate that uh, prices are decreasing. Uh, although again, I'll mention that uh, uh, the most, the one we're most interested in is the uh, the uh, core uh, CPI, which is still at 4.8 percent. But you figure that. Uh, uh, one of the biggest factors in the core is the rents and, and cost of home ownership, and that is coming down too. So uh, if we take a look and say, okay, uh, in the big picture, uh, the big companies are still doing well in terms of their protecting their, they're able, most of them are able to protect their profit margins by increasing their prices or reducing their costs, Uh, what you're seeing right now is that uh, uh, they're they're spending on capital improvements, basically, to uh, reduce their labor costs and also rearranging their supply chains, uh, basically, to reduce their dependence on China. If you take a look at the smaller companies, uh, we can get a good picture of the problems and prospects in the small business
1: community
0: uh, from the National Federation of Independent Businesses. That's a group that uh, puts out a report monthly in terms of uh, their optimism index and says that uh, how are they, as a small business community, uh, doing. And uh, what you're seeing there is the optimism index increased 1.6 percent in June to 91.0. And despite uh, its improvement, this is still the 18th consecutive month below the 49 year average of 98. So uh, they keep they, they take a look at labor markets, capital spending,, uh, credit availability uh, compensation and earnings sales sales and inventories and inflation they take a look at all those things and they come up with a number and the number uh, the average over a long period of time is 98 and uh, we've been uh, less than uh, we've been less than 98 for the last, uh, 18 months. So, uh, basically all of the uh, 2023 is so far in all of 2022. So what it shows is that, uh, 24% of the owners reported that inflation is their single most important problem in operating their businesses. And, uh, also labor quality is also uh, a high point those two things are are paramount uh, twenty they're each twenty four percent of the owners' uh, concerns uh, labor quality and by labor quality we mean, uh, we mean, we mean the people as well as the availability of the people and also the uh, 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 inflation and how do we cope with inflation so uh, owners view with owners view about uh, future sales growth and business conditions uh, is dismal and uh, basically even though they have a very poor view of their uh, uh, sales growth and business conditions they still want to hire people in order to uh, Uh, they still have customers out there that still have to be serviced. Another thing is 42% of all the owners that uh, uh, reported job openings, uh, 42% said that they could not fill the the, uh, job openings and that 35% had openings for skilled workers and 18% had openings for unskilled labor. And the The difficulty in filling open positions is particularly acute in manufacturing, construction, and transportation sectors. So, another thing is capital spending 53% reported capital outlays in the last six months of those making expenditures. 37% reported spending on new equipment, 21% new vehicles. 8% 8% uh, uh, new fixtures and furnitures, 6% uh, acquiring new buildings and, and land for expansion. And then they had a commentary section at the end, which kind of uh, summarizes where the small business community stands. And I'll just read it verbatim. Uh, 2023, is half over, no signs yet of any anticipated recession as predicted by some Fed staff, you know, many economists, but not by the Federal Open Market Committee meeting or committee. It does look like the economy is slowing down, uh, but data is, are not recessionary, except for the leading indicators, which continue to get uh, more negative. So where is the recession hiding? Housing seems to have bottomed and it's moving up modestly. Consumer spending is flat, but not heading to the X uh, Credit statistics are flashing some uh, problems, but not critical. And there are some large city real estate problems, but they're not widespread. And then they go on to say small business owners remain very pessimistic about future business conditions, and their sales prospects. But in some industries such as construction, health care, transportation, and some consumer services, spending, and therefore labor demands, remain strong. But overall, the number of firms reporting employment gains has been falling gradually. The government keeps reporting large employment gains, but it's not clear where they find them. Apparently not on Wall Street, according to the small business owners. Capital spending and inventory investments are down. Overall, economic growth is falling, and this will help put a damper on inflation, but at the cost of uh, lower employment. So uh, small businesses are feeling the brunt of of the slowdown, and they're not happy with it, but they're they're coping with it as best they can. Uh, if you take a look and say, hey, what's the consumer feeling? Uh, we take a look at the Consumer Sentiment Survey from the University of Michigan, and that provides us with visibility into consumer attitudes regarding buying large purchases such as automobiles and homes. And what that shows is that the consumer is feeling more confident and uh, they're reacting positively towards the signs that inflation is getting under control. Uh, The overall number, the index of consumer sentiment uh, increased from 64.4% in July to 72.6%, it, 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 that was the 64.4% in June, increased to 72.6% in July, and that's, that's composed of two parts. One is the short-term, or what they call the current economic conditions, that increased from 69 to 77.5, and the other one is a long-term. Uh, consumer expectations, that increased from 61.5 to 69.4. And the summary uh, goes like this. Consumer sentiment rose for the second straight month, soaring 13% above June and reaching its most favorable reading since September of 2021. All components of the index improved considerably led by a 19% surge in long-term business conditions and a 16% increase in, in short-run business conditions. Overall, sentiment climbed for all demographic groups except for the lower-income consumers, and the sharp rise in sentiment was largely attributed to the continued slowdown in inflation along with stability in the labor markets. Uh, sentiment is down about halfway between the all time historic low of 50 in June of 2022 and the February uh, 2020 pre pandemic reading of 101. So we went from 101 before the pandemic down to 50 when the inflation reached uh, 9%, 9.1% and now we're we're at the uh, uh, 72% region. So consumers, so far this month, are responding positively to signs that inflation is easing and are also showing less concern that the slowing economy is going to hurt the uh, jobs market. So uh, this week, they also... uh, came out with the Beige Book. And the Beige Book is put out by the Federal Reserve and it's put out about two weeks before the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. And it's scheduled for July 25th and 26th. And uh, uh, that is put out by each one of the 12 Federal Reserve District Banks, uh, puts together a narrative that talks about uh, uh, you know, manufacturing, real estate, uh, uh, financial services. And basically what they say about Cleveland is that Cleveland is known as the fourth district. Uh, the fourth district economy is, is, was generally stable in recent weeks as high interest rates uh, continue to constrain household big-ticket uh, goods purchases and business project plans, bankers and transportation firms cited these effects as contributing uh, to weaker demand for their services. Nevertheless, contacts in the community were generally more optimistic about the near-term outlook and less concerned about a U.S. recession in uh, 2023. So the Beige Book, They have two or three pages for each district, and they talk about the labor market, uh, consumer spending, manufacturing, real estate, uh, and construction, financial services, and uh, community conditions. So uh, basically, they're saying that uh, uh, the uh, labor market remains tight. Uh, for employers, particularly in healthcare, transportation, hospitality, and high skilled positions in general. But they, they also improved and reported conditions are more like the pre pandemic period. So we're getting out of this uh, pandemic into the, the more normal uh, economy and the labor markets and things of this nature. This is Jim McAleese. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. As we live life one day at a time, we are also building our future. We put in a strong foundation and then build upward. There's a story about building a house as well as the future life. Here's a story that goes like this. An elderly carpenter was ready to retire. He told his employer, contractor of his plans to leave the house building business, to live in a more leisurely life with his wife, and to enjoy an extended family. He would miss the paycheck each week, but he wanted to retire, and they could get by. The contractor was sorry to see a good worker go, and asked if he could build just one more house as a personal favor. The carpenter said yes, but over time, it was easy to see that his heart was not in the work. He resorted to shoddy workmanship and used inferior materials. It was an unfortunate way to end a dedicated career. When the carpenter finished his work, His employer came to inspect the house, and he handed the front door key to the carpenter and said, this is your house, my gift to you. The carpenter was shocked. What a shame. He had only known he was building his own house. He would have done it so differently. So it is with us. We build our lives one day at a time, often putting less than our best into the building. And with a shock, we realize we have to... Live in the house we have built. If only we could do it over, we would do it much differently. But you can't go back. You're the carpenter, and every day you hammer a nail or place a bore. Someone once said, Life is a do it yourself project. Your attitude and choices you make today help build the house you will live in tomorrow. So build wisely with care and discipline. And until we meet again next week more of Get Rich Slow. May God protect you and keep you safe.
1: You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc., Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.